hello, Dave. How are you going? Happy New Year. Likewise, mate. Um, I'm so glad that 2020 is over and everything is sick now. Everything is sick now is a strange turn of phrase. It's, um, it's done. We did it. We, we got here. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of problems in the world. That no, 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 no. 2021, I think you'll find on the calendar, Luke. So Okay. Fine. Global warming, wide, widening poverty and wealth gaps, fine. <laughs> no problems. We, we did it. Um, hi to everyone out in their chat. Hopefully it's all the people that joined us from last night uh, where we didn't quite get going. Yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment. We had a big audience and nothing to show for it. Uh, your internet went out. Yeah, I've just decided that they were uh, not interested in keeping us folk in the north uh, serviced. So, yeah, I only got mine back this morning, actually. So, um, yeah, annoying. A whole evening without internet. We tried hotspotting and it was no good. No, it was not good at all. We, I sounded like two aliens, if I'm not much mistaken. Yeah, correct. Um, now, this is technically the second podcast for the year. Uh, first one that... Um, Dave, you've been part of. You weren't part of the previous one with Ian Watson. But you had a I know, I wish I was. It was a good one. Yeah, you had a sneaky listen. Any any key takeaways? That guy loves beer. He loves beer. And he loves music too. But like you could just like his enthusiasm was uh undeniable and it like it made me really just wish that uh I was here for this one. Um Yeah, and like he also like it was a lot was uh, centered around our golden age of being on top of what was happening in the beer community. So I like, felt like it was right in my wheelhouse, but it was just good to hear those kinds of stories. Though. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, uh, it's one of those interviews where sometimes I, I don't do any research before an interview. Uh, and, and partly that's, I mean, look, partly laziness, but partly also because quite often we, if we go on an interview with a, a brewer, we know everything about them and we you can forget that the audience doesn't know anything about them. What did you know about Ian prior to the interview? I knew that he was a brewer and had brewed in a number of places uh, and it yep. was held in great respect by by a lot of people around the industry, uh, which is, you know, en enough to, to want to have a chat to someone. Um, but, yeah, Larry King famously used to not have any do any preparation before interviews under the ethos of... Oh, um, I mean, it also created some of the greatest sound bites of all time. Yeah, and hopefully I did too. Uh, rest in peace, Larry King, and that was a, a tribute to him and not laziness. <laughs> Spin it however you want. Um, no, but really good chat and uh, a little bit of a preview for next week's chat. We'll be joined by Sean Sherlock. Um, so we talked about him with Ian. Oh, I talked about him with Ian about the era at Murray's. Now Sean's at Foghorn. So we've been talking to Sean off and on over the years about we should find time to podcast. And he's always in town for very brief, busy times. Yeah, uh, We're never in Newcastle. Yeah, now that we're doing virtual interviews, uh, it's a good opportunity to, to get Sean on the show. Yeah, it's going to be good. Again, like... He was like one of the kings of uh, of the industry at that time that we were like fully into it. So, um, I mean, not so that we're not fully into it now, but when we were just across 100% of everything that was happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's one of those guys that like, I don't know, just a little bit of an idol, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now you mentioned I... in the, the um the the vibe of the beers that they were going for at um, Murray's was like big, essentially like big big flavor profiles. Whether it was the um, the malt backbone, the hops, or the the yeast profile, and like that just really like that played right into the beer gigs of the time because that's what we wanted. We just wanted the mm. biggest, boldest, oddest beers that like look back now and they're probably kind of, you'd hate to use the word pedestrian, but pedestrian in the today's sense of the word, but like that was it then, man. That was it. A little bit, yeah, old-fashioned maybe now seeing that kind of hyper-aggressive everything, whereas now yeah. if someone do, does that, it's kind of a, a one-off as a nod to that time, which is only yeah. five, six years ago now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think mean, it was... That's, non, that's monster time though, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the it was 2016, end of 2016, when I wrote about the first kind of milkshake beers that were coming out, or hazy beers, sorry, uh, and there was I think four or five in Australia, and that was November 2016. That so, seems, I would have said it was... That seems like it's longer ago than I would have thought anyway, actually. so Yeah, and that, I mean, that was super early on. There was it's five or six in every tap room. Yeah. There are tap rooms that have ten. Uh, I mean, the range tap room probably has, yeah, probably ten on tap. Yeah. We, I go to Carlin Cellars and I try to find a clean West Coast IPA. And at the moment, actually, a few people are doing them as um, one-offs, but, gee, it's, it's like trying to find a yeah a, a dry needle in a hazy haystack doing that. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, there have been some good ones. Uh, I was actually going to talk about one, but I might leave that a little bit later. It might be the same one that I've got noted down. So Excellent. we'll see. Now, I did want to talk about. We've got Craig Williams in the chat. I don't want to dwell on it too much. Uh, Craig's formula director, former former director of Gabs. Uh, good to see you still want to get involved in the beer scene after spending time directing Gabs. I'd be burned on beer after that. But, yeah, I've, I'm actually doing a show, a live stream with uh, Bent Spoke on Thursday night. So uh, tune yeah. to the Bent Spoke Facebook page. I don't have a link, but if you go over, I think it's Bent Brewers Live or something like that uh, with Richard Watkins and Steve Jeffers, the founder of Gabs, uh, to kind of unpack all those things. And huge, huge congratulations to Richard Watkins. for. Fantastic. Uh, How good is it? Yeah, it's really cool seeing, uh, um, you know, for all the cynics out there, and I kind of touched on this in my story that I wrote, it's, you know, this isn't a multinational brewery with, uh, you know, brewing a, a 5% hazy pale or like a XPA. You know, it's an aggressive IPA that's from someone that's been in the industry and done it, you know, for years when no one cared. So I think we were all kind of like draft, like, I don't know if many people would have had crankshaft moving up on their podium. So just to see that that sort of like bucked against that trend that people sort of forecasted. Um, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other than that, you know, it, it's I really enjoy Gabs as the list. It's fun to watch things come in, fun to see how people voted. It, you know, for all the criticism that's a popularity contest and the, you know, like, yeah, it is. It is a popularity contest. Yeah, yeah like, I, you know. The idea. 
Um, and I, I know that it means a lot for breweries to, to win and, and do well. Uh, and it can, you know, it can be the centerpiece of marketing for a lot of breweries. As a customer, I like, and as I guess even a, someone that's highly engaged in the industry, I like to see the list and see what does well. Then, you know, moving on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and also, like, it's in, it's interesting uh, in the couple of weeks or maybe a month or so leading up to Gabs. Um, how much of that direct marketing you get from who as to how they're trying to push their beers, whether they want you to um, angle a particular one or just fish for something or go really hard at a uh, specific order or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I tuned into Triple M Radio for the first time, I think, in my life. Ooh. Yeah, you must be going a couple of hairs in your chest. What? Brutal stuff, isn't it? It's not good at all. That that music. Sorry, was it like talkback or music? I don't. It was some sort of afternoon show. It was mostly music, I think. Right. Okay. Um, but I, I wanted to hear the uh, ad they were playing for Gabs, the Mick Malloy one. Yeah. Uh, have a beer with Malloy. What was the? Yeah, I, I think you sent me a screenshot of that, but I don't really know what the gist of the ad was. What was so, what was the angle? Basically, um, so Mick Malloy is, is one of many investors in Brick Lane, uh, and he he pictures it. And there's a lot of sound bites of him saying, "Vote for my brewery. This is my brewery." You know, Mick's got a brewery, uh, which is kind of true, but also not really true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then have a beer with Mick.com.au, I think was the website, and you go there, and it's got a vote for these beers in this order uh, thing. You know, I I get. Again, I get the marketing. I get why you do it. I, I don't know if I love that aspect of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a bit. But everyone else is doing it now, so. That's exactly right. And, I mean, I guess, like, for people like us, it kind of put, it kind of moves past us a little bit because, um, like, yeah, I mean, that I'm sure that sort of stuff is helpful for the greater audience, but, like, I don't want to be bombarded with suggestions of how to use my picks or whatever. But, um, I don't know, whatever. I'm sure it's it's probably overall a net positive. It's funny. People always say as a criticism, none of my picks, you know, none of the beers I voted for got in the, the top 10 even. It's like I, I think every year I don't think I've had any in there. I vote for the dumbest beers. or well, not the dumbest, but like I think back of the five that I've gone, oh, yeah, that was a really good moment with that beer. Um, I reckon one year, I, how, how, what's the some mountain goat summer ale history been like? I think it was 30 ish for a while. And it didn't get in crack top 10? No, I don't think so. Hmm, well, in that case, I probably wouldn't have had anything in my top in, in the top 10 either. I mean, speaking of Brick Lane, uh, I voted for Brick Lane Draft. Genuinely love that beer. I think that is a interesting beer. Yeah, like real four enough to get i think we might have talked about it on the show and privately but like um luckily enough we got given what do we get a case of that yeah given to us which is very generous um but it gives you the chance to like i enjoyed the first one i had but i loved the seventh one and the eighth one it's <laughs> like one of it's a little it's a little bit interesting it takes a few to like get the it's a pretty complex lager for a 
down the line lager. So, um, yeah, it take, takes a couple of goes to fully appreciate it, I reckon. I reckon every time I had it, I, I paused and I had a moment and went, damn, that's good. Like, there's a really nice, interesting bitterness right at the front that just kind of, it's enough to snap you out of, you know, I'm drinking their kind of, you know, attempt to, to sell slab beer. The other, the other characteristic of that beer that does that um, is the aroma. It's quite floral. Um, mm. It's quite floral yeasty, and that's kind of like really each time you like go near it, if you're not expecting it, you're like, oh, that's right. This is kind of interesting. Hey, speaking of Craig, interesting beers. Uh, he thinks that camp the campaigning actually influences votes or it just reminds people of, a, of beer they liked. Now, I reckon it does, it does the latter resulting in the former. Does that make any sense? Mm, uh, stretch that out a bit. Oh, I think that it reminds people of beers that they liked, and then that is a trigger to go. Oh, yeah, that is good. Actually, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna jump on it because there's inevitably a link for the um, voting page. Uh, yeah, I, I I did like that. I'm I'm probably more uh, impetus to submit a vote. I reckon. One of the interesting things, and I haven't had the time to to actually look at it, is. Someone pointed out a lot of breweries are kind of grouped together in their beers. Uh, I think Capital Brewing, their beers kind of all landed in, in a, a bit of a similar place. Uh, and someone right. suggested looking at what they campaigned for and what order and seeing if that's mirrored in the in the list. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's kind of – there's a couple of things at play. You know, people say um, – you know, it's, it's just whatever's popular in Dan Murphy's, but there are so many beers in Dan Murphy's that don't make the list. Definitely. Um, and also, um, uh, if you want to talk about Dan Murphy's, whoever is responsible, um, like Crankshaft is always, or their uh, Ben Spoke beers in general are always among the freshest ones on the shelf. So... If you can get through enough beer and maintain your supply lines like that, then, I mean, the if, if you can get your beer in someone's hand and it's in good condition, then they're probably going to pick it up again. Um, and I, the other thing is if you can motivate your audience to get out and vote for you, then you're doing something right. You know, Definitely. A lot of these breweries aren't doing, like... <laughs> They're doing campaigns to their audience. People aren't seeing a bent spoke Instagram, which I they were all over my Instagram. I didn't vote for them. Um, you know, as much as I love that beer, it's not what I voted for this year. And but if I if I didn't know what bent spoke was and that came from Instagram, I'm not going to go and then vote for it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they're going for with the psychology of it. It's an interesting sort of study. Um, couple of points here, uh, Jad. Uh, it says it's hard to imagine what the average only kind of engaged beer drinker sees. Uh, I don't know what he means by that. Judd, what do you mean by that? What they see as in with the poll or with the... Or what of, they uh, interpret the marketing to say to them. Reveal, Judd, what do you mean? Um, now, anecdotally as well, so your mate's brewery is always a bit of a surprise for people when they score really well for the last two years. Uh, but a couple of my colleagues were up on the uh, Sunshine Coast this week and they were. Uh, they said your mates was packed. It was just the busiest brewery there in the Sunshine Coast. I think they went to 10 breweries. 
and they had a great time and they loved all the beers. So, you know, for us, looking from Melbourne, we go, I don't, I know those are the guys from Shark Tank, maybe, but didn't even know that. There you go. Yeah, yeah they're on, they're on Shark Tank. Uh, but for you know the people, people that aren't us, the Melbourne bubble, where you know we, we live in Thornbury and Footscray, like we're very sheltered in in what we think the beer everyone loves is. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know it's kind of cool that there are these audiences that aren't, you know, the the good beer week audience, the audience that we've grown up with over the last decade that that are really influential. Exactly. Um, so Judd is asking in terms of what advertising and marketing. So the average punter, I guess, seeing the the Ben spoke marketing, um, but I'm sure the average punter sees the Mick Malloy. Uh, oh, that's right. One of my coworkers said. That it wasn't just Mick Malloy talking about it. It was some rugby player from New Zealand, which was quite offensive to me because that rugby player is Dan Carter, all-black legend. Uh, you should put some respect on his name. He's not just some rugby player. Where was your friend from? Oh, it was one of my co-workers said that. Yeah, from Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't, they don't know on. Dan Carter. Yeah. Um, I want to move on from Gabs because uh, I'm going to be talking about it a bunch on Thursday night and I don't want to blow up Richard's show as well. Um, just a couple of comments. Sam Smalley uh, says Mountain Culture will be in it next year and hopefully go all right. It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know if they do the volume just yet uh, or if they do, you know, even within their beers, people have different opinions. I, I'm sure yeah. the ones that we'd vote for, Dave, would be a lot different to, you know, what other people would vote for with Mountain Culture. Uh, it's going to be number three next year, I think. The Martin? Yeah. We'll see how you go. Um, and Dave Clouton says five Queensland beers, six if you include Pacific Ale in the top ten. Do we think more Queensland people voted or were those beers more national enough to get interstate votes? I think it's probably a mixture. I think Ballistic yeah. are pretty national. Black Hops are pretty pretty national. I think, I think what- they're a pretty engaged um, demographic too. So... Um, People that like they, 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 they love the Queensland brands and they'll probably do what they can to help them out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. People are, are, are passionate about those those brands in particular, and um, yeah, like I, I can't see negatives in that. That's absolute positives for me when people, and especially people turn down their nose at craft beer being an inner city Melbourne hipster drink is still a cliche you see bandied round and. You know, it's kind of proving that it's not. Definitely. It's definitely the case. Um, yeah, I mean, wandering around to see a packed your mate's um, brewery is probably not a bad uh, example of that. Same thing with, like, um, I mean, it's maybe a bit different because there's not that much else around, but, like, uh, who is it up in Cairns? Why am I blanking? Hemingway's? Hemingway's, yeah. That's like the spot. That's the spot in Port Douglas. I don't know what the cans look like. I assume that goes all right too. But like the Port Douglas one is so good. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love Hemingway's and their beers are great. They popped up in the top 100, I think, once. Yeah, a couple of years ago maybe. And, you know, uh, as breweries go, they, they deserve it because they make really good beer and it's a – a great spot to drink a beer. The food there wasn't so flash when I visited, but you're uh, I think it was 
Yeah, it was good, but like it's a. Um, I don't know. I think anywhere in Port Douglas, you don't really get a bang for your buck there. But um, it's expensive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just want to shout out the beer that I'm drinking, Dave. You're you're drinking Soda Stream. Correct. Nice, nice and fizzy. Level, if you don't mind, yeah. Nice. Uh, I've got a Hargraves Hill Triple. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's really nice. It's it's very easy drinking for eight point six percent. Yep. Uh, shout out to Hargraves Hill for dropping those ones around. Their West Coast IPA was glorious too. Speaking of, I voted for them as well in the Hottest 100. For that one? No, the Fruitopia, the the mango lassie cinnamon. Oh, one. yeah, of course. You really enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, such a good beer. All right, I'm going to cross Gab's pants off our list, Dave. We're done. Right. Tune in on Thursday night uh, to the Ben Spoke Live on Facebook for, for more. What time? Yeah, it's a good question. Okay, <laughs> I thought you might have had it sorted. Never mind. Yeah, no. Um, it'll, it'll be in my diary somewhere. I think it's 6 o'clock, but, uh, yeah, Ben spoke on Facebook. You can find that. I'm going to yes. shift gears heaps, Dave. Uh, have you heard about this coup in Myanmar? Yeah, Aung San Suu Kyi. Take it. Yeah. Um, a bit of a genocide went down in, in Myanmar over the last few years as well. Uh, and this hasn't really been talked about, uh, and I, look, I'm not going to comment too much about it, but uh, Karen, the owner of Lion, has been criticised uh, quite quite roundly by international aid organisations uh, and international watch, watchdogs for their involvement in this. So they uh, fifth, oh, they have a strong partnership with the Myanmar military in the two of the breweries there. Right. Um, so people are like they're basically directly supporting uh, a pretty pretty awful genocide. And while Lion isn't, you know, the people that work in Lion, the people that brew in Lion here aren't, aren't any way involved in that. Um, it just kind of goes to show when multinationalism and genocides uh, meet. It makes for some uncomfortable conversations. Definitely, definitely. And, I mean, it puts a lot of people um, that would otherwise have no idea about that in some pretty uncomfortable positions. Amnesty International were going hard on Instagram ads about it recently where it was like a quiz, a fake quiz. It was like, how do you, how well do you know your beer? And you click in and it's all about, do you know that Lion uh, has direct links to the genocide in Myanmar um, kind of questions? It was... Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Do you know um, what level of involvement they have with the military? Just like security contracts and that sort of stuff. So they, Karen and the the military through um, a, a different company, which is basically run by the military. Uh, it's not quite a fifty fifty partnership, but it is a fifty fifty. No, I think it's Karen have fifty one percent of the international brewery there, and the other partner or major partner is the the military funded body. So it's pretty direct, yeah, right. um, less than ideal, and uh, no one's really talked about it in Australian media. And I think, I mean, I, I, I'm certainly not equipped to to give too much in depth statements on it. Or uh, I just sort of tweeted the facts about it the other day and uh, got zero zero response from anyone here. So big, you should put, do it on hypothetical institute, and that way you'll get the ball really rolling on that one. Not really a 
move the needle, but hypothetically, Jude? It's certainly in the wheelhouse. Where it's not really a conspiracy when it's just kind of, this is what's happening. <laughs> I just mean use that platform, dude. You're That's wasting true. it here. That is true. Um, now, you mentioned, Dave, that you were wanting to talk about West Coast IPA. I just want to talk. I've got like a list, a list of beers that I want to talk about. Uh, what was the? West you know Coast? what? You know, like the, the the only way that I document beers these days is I just text you just what the name of the just what the name of the beer is essentially, uh, and that's the only really way that I know what's going on. Um, but that uh, that range West Coast IPA that um, I had recently was. So good. It was like a um, a real a real West Coast IPA. I mean, like exactly what I was looking for. I keep I keep finding a few these days. And I had a Hawker's one that was uh, pretty good, but I think they might have called it like a double West Coast IPA or whatever. So it was very big. And um, in that realm, it was pretty good, but like it didn't have that like bitterness and dryness that the range one had which i thoroughly enjoyed mm. um i had the mr banks ddh west coast the other day uh really enjoyed it really fun it's called that oh green light or it's in a big green can it's hard to keep track of his names these days <laughs> exactly. um it's the, the current one out uh it was on tap and i wasn't going to have another beer and the the tap list changed as I was looking on my phone you know how yeah. you're ordering your phone everywhere these days and that came up and I was like oh let's get one of these must uh really really enjoyable but speaking of those two I had the range Mr Banks Lager collab this was a little bit ago uh yeah didn't really do anything for me didn't work nah unfortunately I saw people really liked it online but I didn't find any yeah um, Do you know what the vibe was? It was just like a hoppy lager. Yeah, okay. It didn't have that that delicious crispness and, uh, you know, what I'd expect. It was brewed at range and not Mr. Banks, and I really like Mr. Banks's lagers, so uh, I wonder if they they switched it around, it might be a better one. But if we're going to touch on the uh, lagers briefly, that um, uh, Deeds, Czech Pilsner. Yeah. That one really made me pleased. Yeah. Did you try that one? I haven't tried it, no. I haven't had a deeds beer for a while, actually. Get it, definitely. Nazravi Lager, I think I've called it. It is, um, yeah, it's proper. Excellent. Uh, you want to hear about the best West Coast IPA I've had in a long time? Obviously. It's one we've talked about before, I'm sure. Uh, Stomping Ground Hop Stomper. Just had, evergreen. Had it on tap at uh, Stomping Ground two or three weeks ago. Just blew me away with how good that was. Yeah, it's and, amazing fresh, but another testament to the work they're doing there is you can get a slightly older can somewhere and it still tastes really, really good. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a perennial, I think. Um, uh, Judd agrees. He loved that pills. Excellent. Judd has good taste. Um, a couple of other beers that I want to mention, Dave, is have you heard of the they, – they did really well in the Indies, uh, Loophole Brewing. No, talk to me. So there, I've had a few tins of them now and I'm 
every time I've I've had one, I've had a few of the variations. I'm blown away. So they do. They've got a series that are. Uh, I think they're co-fermented on wine skins, different with with different wine grapes. Uh, so it's yeah. part of. It's in South Australia. It's uh, part of Cape Jaffa Winery. So obviously they have access to to grapes. Uh, the Malbec cool. one, I think, won a trophy in the Indies last year. Um, but I've had. I can't can't remember how many there are, but all of them have just been just incredible. Like, yeah, right. For for something, so a, a brewery that no one's really talking about. Uh, I've had a couple of. I think they've had a couple of pieces in the Crafty Pint, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, to Melbourne. I don't know what the distribution is like. I got them through sort of indie That's stock uh, that was part of the event, but. Because that is uh, it's relevant to my interests, so uh, I'd be interested if they were coming in. They're, they're certainly right up there with the best of that. Um, you know, you, we speak of you know, your Dollar Bills, your Three Ravens, Wildflower, Lasso Ren. They're certainly immediately for me well in the high uh, high tier of that field. That's um, big. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check them out. Maybe we'll try and get an episode with, with them. Uh, I don't. I don't know much about them at all, but really curious to know more. Um, and speaking of the Three Ravens Negroni, did you try that yet, Dave? Yeah, I did. Um, it's pretty interesting. Wasn't uh, wasn't for you? Was it Was it interesting? No, you see, no. I said, was it for you? Like you didn't. You seemed to hesitate there. Uh, like I don't know. It's kind of. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, we shared it with some friends that didn't really dig um they didn't really know what to expect from that kind of beer with that kind of name mm. but i found it really interesting and i quite liked it there wasn't an odd spice to it i thought at the start yeah yeah so for people that don't know it's, a, it's a negroni inspired beer brewed with the leftovers uh grapes from the bloody shiraz gin from four pillars which is a delicious gin very very big cult following uh, yeah. Have you tried? So we've got. Um, I guess we can announce it. Our next patron beer will be a beer with three ravens. That's uh, mm-hmm. currently conditioning now. We've got a couple of. We. I had a bottle that I dropped on the ground uh, mm-hmm. by mistake, and it broke everywhere, and that was very annoying. Uh, have you tried yours yet, Dave? No. Well. Yeah. Instructions were it was a month away. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's going to so. Um, no, I haven't tried one yet, but yeah, it'll be our next beer for patrons. Patrons, say, um, we'll probably have to have a chat with Brendan, but it's uh, dry hop pills that they move from tank to barrel, uh, to pick up some, some natural funk and then conditioned in clear bottles, uh, to really lean into the, the off flavors. Uh, the kind of beer that makes sense if you're Brendan from or, or the whole crew at Three Ravens, I guess. Uh, and it makes sense for our patrons. So I think we're going to – there might yeah. be some bottles available for sale after the fact, but uh, initial release will just go to patrons um, and all patrons, including $1 tiers, will will get a chance to get a bottle, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and some custom artwork, which is looking really schmick. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I, from all reports, Brendan was pretty thrilled with how it uh, was developing anyway. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it a lot. Yeah, really excited about that one. Uh, and I guess speaking of where... I walk past the broken glass every day and I go, God damn it, Luke. Oh, I feel so bad about that and I, I have a minute to mention that to you. So we were getting an Uber on a busy road and it pulled over and just we stepped in, the bottle fell out of the the, the box, like the bottom of the box and smashed. And I was like... <gasps> and I had a few drinks and have felt bad ever since for leaving glass on the road. Or on the footpath. First time that I saw it, I was um, I was uh, walking to the gym, and I was like, "What's happened here? I wonder what's." Oh yeah, Luke dropped his dumb bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to the good people of Thornbury for littering. I I, I genuinely have felt so much shame about that, and th thanks for outing me in public. It was kind of shardy though, so it wouldn't have been a, a simple operation, I don't think. To clean up. Yeah, it would have been a hazard, I think. Oh, is and like literally as we were stepping into the Uber and the traffic was whizzing by, uh, and we were I know so that evening we'd been to Three Ravens, Moondog, and then Jam Sheet, and it's that snap drunk decision that I really wish there was an alternative that I made. Uh, I don't think you could have done too much. Maybe you could have like alerted the star. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't got a time machine, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, thanks for thanks for outing me as a broken glass litterer on a on a podcast. <laughs> gotta edit this out of the podcast. You gotta be kept accountable, dude. I don't really have too much more. Um we're gonna be oh, actually I do have one more thing, sorry. There's a non alcoholic beer event happening here in Footscray. Cool. I think it's I like the that. first outside of the virtual non alcoholic beer festival and then one off, you know, tastings. It's the first actual event i've seen i wouldn't have ever heard of one so that's kind of cool uh it's at the victoria hotel in footscray on the 13th of feb uh i think they're doing naught sober and heaps normal beers yep and they're following it up with a non-alcoholic wine and spirit so yeah support that if you're in, in melbourne and you want to if you're doing feb fast or you want to cut back i think that's a pretty cool event just interested in what's going on, like have access to some different non-alcoholic um, uh, like offerings without having to really like commit too much, especially if you have a wine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good way to do it. Like when you're getting into craft beer and going, if I go to an event, I can try a whole bunch. That's a pretty cool way to do it. A beer event you can drive to. Joel's now put the, hit the nail on the head. There you go. Uh, last time I was there, I noted they had maybe five or six non-alcoholic beers on the menu already. So, yeah, really cool. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, the other thing is we're slightly tweaking the patron. Uh, we're going to be simplifying things and making a somewhat of a change um, just because it's, it's quite unwieldy for me to manage and I feel like we're not giving all the things that we could be to the patron. So, uh outside of the beer that we're currently releasing and the previous one we're doing we're going to start looking at making things all streamlined for the supporters to get a little bit of extra uh speaking of gabs the supporters would have a few of them got on board with the gab sweep that we did you missed out on that day if you didn't get your picks in in time no i was away with no reception i mean i could have done it uh 
a long time before that, but um, it got the best of me, so missed out. That's cool. Uh, we're going to look at doing more things like that, fun, you know, community-based things. Uh, it doesn't always have to be a beer, and the beers that we do have coming up are great, but, yeah, let's have a bit more fun. Uh, and I will. this is probably the last call for patrons that didn't get the dollar bill beers yet. Uh, please email me, luke at aleofatime.com, because I've got two boxes worth left over and they can't live here forever. They'll get drunk. Um, and if other patrons uh, want to jump on board or, or get another bottle, um, just let me know and we'll see if we can do that for you guys because uh, they shouldn't live in my house forever. How's that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I want to drink them because they're delicious. It was. Have you had yours yet? Uh, yeah, I did actually. It was really good. Mm. Um, yeah, as much as, as much as it developed, it really like it really put me back um, at the brewery and like it's, taste. It's got all the elements of what we tasted when we were blending it, and then just a little tweak here and there of. Complexity. It's great. Any beer that takes you back to tasting barrels in a barrel room has got to be. Definitely. I think that's it. What time are we at? We are all right. just a tick under over 40 minutes. Shout out to Bigsy. Those dollar bill beers are awesome. Bigsy got, what did you get? Five of them, I think. Hopefully he's got a couple left. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with Sean Sherlock from Foghorn Brewing. It's exciting. I'm really looking forward to that one. Be a ripper, yeah, for sure. 8:30 p.m. Uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast, you can join us there on the YouTube. If you look up, it's all my social media. But go to uh, Beer Together on YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell, all that stuff. Let's be honest too; it's probably going to be 8:34 p.m. or something like that. You, you gotta. I mean, when have you ever seen like, oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this band, and you turn up and they start right on the dot. Good point. The only we sort of. Are- yeah, you're right. The only band, the only artist I've ever seen do that is Jay Retard. Uh, rest in peace. He started on time, no banter, just banged out his songs, down tools, walked through the crowd, don't see him again. Perfect. In hindsight, he was probably going to score drugs because he died of a drug overdose soon after. But uh, good show. Dark way to finish. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Dave, if people want to get in touch with you, what do they do? Give me an email, I reckon. David time.com. That's fun. I like getting those little Gmail alerts. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Who doesn't? It's like it's like getting a letter when you actually get a proper email these days. <laughs> um, you get me, Luke, at aleofatime.com, uh, Hypothetical Institute, and your podcast apps for conspiracy stuff. You must doing- be going nuts at the moment. It's no, we we joke about this. It's so hard to do because so much out there that you can't possibly capture it all. We're just competing with the New York Times and CNN for conspiracy news now. True, Uh, yeah. It's it's no fun anymore when you know it's just reality. Uh, So we've done a couple of throwback classic ones. We're doing. We did Shakespeare is not a real person last week. Uh, So if you want to learn about why Shakespeare. Sorry. What's the most compelling uh, argument for that? That Francis Bacon was actually Shakespeare, and Shakespeare was just a, a front this whole time. Uh, and then we're, do, we're doing a UFO one this week, so 
dipping into some classics to avoid the, the crossover with CNN. It could be some UFO gear on CNN. You never know. Who knows in 2021? Uh, Dave, really good to chat to you. Uh, thanks for everyone for joining us in the chat. It's great seeing all the people that joined us during the lockdown for the first kind of phase of this joining us in the chat. It's been really fun. And uh, hopefully we see you all next week. Cheers, everyone. See you Monday. <laughs>